0: down but it's us who's falling now
1: we will mend these broken wings. we will fly again
0: hey guys if you like this song make sure to stick around because at the end of the episode we're going to play it in its entirety fly again by cypress a west virginia band wrote this song in memory of the 75 Great songs, so make sure to stick around until the end. November fourteenth, nineteen seventy, just one mile from Tri State Airport in Huntington the worst sports disaster in American history.
1: Good evening, a charter jet carrying the Marshall University football team home to West Virginia crashed as it tried to land at the Huntington Airport. All 75 persons aboard were killed. It was the worst plane crash in the United States this year. 75 players, coaches, supporters, and crew members crashed into a hillside returning home from a game from East Carolina but from the ashes on a Wayne County hillside came glory on the gridiron and men for the hearts of Huntington and West Virginia. Pennington back to pass, looking for Moss, downfield, Has him at the
0: four-yard line, 35-30-20, and Randy Moss will score. It's possibly the greatest comeback story ever, the Marshall football story, The Thundering Herd have won national championships, had Heisman Trophy finalists, and here 50 years later
1: are remarkably
0: ranked in the top 15 of both national polls.
1: And today our guest is the man who currently oversees the athletic department, Director of Athletics, Mike Hamrick. He played for Marshall in the 70s and was a part of the transition into the next era of Marshall football.
0: Yeah, it's certainly an emotional story, but one that every mountain stater can connect with because at the end of the day, we are all West Virginians.
2: not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always do.
0: Okay, Mike Hamrick is our guest this week, and
2: Mike, how are
0: you today? Happy
2: Monday to you. Well, it's a great Monday when you win on Saturday, and uh, when your football team's 15th in the country, and you're 7-0, and and you Dealt with all the issues that we've dealt with with this pandemic and with COVID. Uh, it's a good Monday morning, but uh, as we all know, that can change for the bad real quick. But uh, just enjoy it while you can.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, completely. And, you know, Mike, you and I have been friends for a while now. And earlier this year, a couple of months ago, we had talked about when the season was kind of picking up. We we knew that there was going to be a season. We didn't know what it exactly would look like. But something that you had brought up right out of the gate was that the big reason you guys were so ready to play this year, the 50th anniversary of the 75 that was a, a major reason that you guys wanted to have this season. The schedule looked very different than it did at the beginning of the year. And here we are, you guys are picking up games week by week, it feels like. But my point being is the seven, this was something that you guys wanted to do because of the, the 70 plane crash and, and 50 years later and honor those guys. And that was just a major portion, part of why you wanted to play this year too.
2: Well, it was. I mean, you only have a 50-year anniversary once. And, it, <laughs> you know, the, the, the November 14th, 1970 tragic accident, that defines Marshall University. That's our fabric. That's our why. That's who we are. And this was such a special season. And as you mentioned the schedule, we had probably the best non-conference football schedule in the history of martial football as you know CJ we opened up uh, on week zero with East Carolina we was going to go back East Carolina where our team was coming from in 1970 when we had the horrible plane crash and that was going to be a nationally televised uh, game it was going to be a double header kind of with Notre Dame and Navy so you know that got scrapped and and then we we had Boise State and Pittsburgh two top 25 teams at the time Coming to Huntington, well, that's never ha- happened before, and obviously the, the the difficult and unique time we're in right now, uh, all that has changed. Uh, we've scrambled, uh, we've we've readjusted our schedule, and uh, we've made the best out of it, and and uh, we're very pleased with where we are. But there, there's nothing that means more to Marshall University than November fourteenth to to honor the seventy five. Wonderful and beautiful people that we lost uh, 50 years ago on Saturday, CJ.
0: Yeah, and how fitting, seriously, that 50 years to the date you're playing on November 14th, too. I mean, to be 7-0, unbeaten, top 25, now in the top 15, to be playing on November 14th. I mean, the festivities looked a little different this year. The ceremony was a little different. You didn't have guys like Red Dawson on the field walking with Doc Holliday in that pregame 75 ceremony but uh overall man just uh
2: i mean it was it was another great day well it was a great day the ceremony was fabulous the young lady who spoke her father was the athletic director she was actually a cheerleader at marshall at the time and her father got killed on the plane wow. he, he was he was the athletic director we had three time wow. we had three-time grammy award winner michael w smith here he sang at the fountain ceremony he's a he's a canova native uh, you know, we had a lot of really neat things. We had four former football players from East Carolina University who play, actually played in that game. Two of them were the captains, drove up to be with us and, and, and celebrate the lives of, of the people that we lost. So we made the best out of it, and uh, it, it, it worked out well. And, and we, we did – and the, really the other great thing we did, and I give all the credit to our president, Dr. Jerry Gilbert, you know, the, the, the 30, 37 football players that died in the plane crash never graduated from college, and the president gave their families degrees, uh, their college degrees for those young men, and, and uh, there, were, there were football players, and then there were three students. Uh, two managers, and I think the sports editor of the Parthenon, the student newspaper, they all got their college degrees. So there were so many really neat things. You know, Marshall's a special place. It's We're, we're, we're down here in our own little world and, and we're a big family. And once you become a son and daughter of Marshall, you stay that way forever. And very few people leave the family. But all that was, was highlighted and, and accumulated in a great day on Saturday with a big herd victory. And you know, CJ, a couple things that Really interesting about that. And I didn't know this until somebody texted me Saturday night. We ran 75 plays that day. I don't know if you that. Did you see that? Oh, my I gosh. Saw,
0: you know who tweeted that out? Paul Swan. Let
2: me know. That uh, that Paul, uh, Paul Swan's a legend down <laughs> here. So anyway. but, and listen to this. You know how many yards of penalties we had? No, I don't it's know that. 75. Wow. Well, wow. Now, now you go figure that guy <laughs> You well, tell me and, how that works out,
0: and to be seven and zero on eleven fourteen, eleven fourteen seven zero. I mean, you can you can come up with you know call it crazy, whatever you want to call it. But man, it's uh there is something about that seventy five game that is special. Something about that day, this week, just is. I mean, it, it it's special. It is.
2: It really, it you know, it really is. And and uh, I I hope fifty years from now it's special. Yeah. And uh, when everyone's long gone that knew anything about the crash and was alive uh and, and that's what's so unique about it our student government puts the ceremony on so e- every every year every generation will know about what happened so it will never die it will never it will never go away it'll be a break right break until forever and that's what's pretty neat yeah
1: now mike Mike when you take us back when you where were you at during it and like what do you remember from it because like you know you were saying earlier it really is an identity of all West Virginians like you're you're talking to two you know WU guys but it really is more so a, you know everyone kind of embraces that but what kind of impact did that have on the community and were you local during that time when it happened
2: or yeah you know I was in uh, I grew up in Clenden in West Virginia and I was an Elk River boy and and my dad was a high school football coach at Herbert Hoover High School and he had one of his assistant coach shorty moss who was on the staff here who got killed and i remember exactly where i was i was 13 years old i just got out of the roxy theater in clinton and it's a it's a historical movie theater that's been (laughs) forever seriously and when you guys go to clinton and go by the roxy theater and i went to a, a little place we went to called the smoke shop believe it or not and went in and ate hot dogs and we played the pinball machine and 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 i can remember You know 13 you remember a lot of things i can't remember what i had for breakfast this morning but i saw across the screen it started scrolling across the bottom of the tv and then the then there was a tv in there and then the the regular programming was interrupted with hey the marshal and i just froze and i went home and i could walk home from where it was at and i went home and my father was on the telephone And my father's 86 years old, high school coach, principal, head of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activity Commission for several years. I went home and my father was on the phone. And in 86 of every that I can remember my father, my 63 years alive, I've never seen him cry except that one time. He was on the phone sobbing because he had learned that he had lost many friends, uh, Gene Morehouse, Rick Colley, Shorty Moss. He lost a lot of friends. So it vividly is in is in my mind and and you know my wife's a, a native of Huntington she grew up her homeroom teacher uh was was Rick Tolley's wife and so I could go on with story story and so uh and my dad would you know my dad would take us to Morgantown and we would watch WVU games and he would take us to Marshall and we would watch Marshall games and so I was I was as a kid growing up always wanted to play college football and and so we would go to Huntington a lot because it was wasn't real far and and so yeah I remember vividly where I was and and what I was doing and I can remember the days after my dad drove to Huntington for some of the some of the the funerals and the services and uh and then when I arrived on campus 5 years later uh once you arrive on campus it's it sticks with you mm-hmm. and you keep it till the day you die mm-hmm.
0: And I, and I know when you got to campus, you played with a couple of you played for a couple of coaches. Recruited by Langle, Elwood, yeah. Tony Randall. But when you're playing in 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 the mid '70s, there, what what was the emotion then? I mean, because it still was. Hey, maybe this was a few years ago, but this is still fresh on everybody's mind. I mean, this is something that had still seriously you, the program was still ailing from, and and you know what what was
2: the mood even then? Well, I think, CJ, that's, that's a really good question. I think all the guys that played in the 70s will tell you that, you know, we knew of the plane crash. Uh, the, the, the fountain was right in the middle of campus, but it was, a, it was a 10 or 12 or 15 year period where it was so painful to yeah. so many people. It was so hurtful. That we really didn't talk about it. When I was a football player here, we never had a fountain ceremony. You know, I, I I spoke at the fountain ceremony Saturday, and I I told the story. My wife and I, who 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 was my girlfriend then, we would sit by the fountain, and we really didn't know what uh, what that fountain was all about. And you know, we kept, we knew it was in honor of of the crash, but it was so painful. So many people were still paralyzed from it the community was paralyzed for years uh they were in denial Uh, there was embarrassment Uh, we weren't winning many football games and uh uh we just wanted it to people just wanted it to go away and then several years later they they made the decision that hey we're going to embrace this this is going to be a part of us and i'm so happy that they did and but as a player in the 70s It was hard. I was recruited by Jack Lingle. He left. I played, played three years for Frank Elwood. And then he, uh, uh, he, he left. And then I played my, I played my last year for, uh, for Sonny Randall. So it was a, uh, it was a rough four and a half years here. And, uh, but we never gave up. We hung in there. We kept the program alive. Many people wanted to discontinue it. Many people wanted to, uh, uh, not play football, but uh, we hung in there and and look what's happened today. Look in the 90s and the, the 2000s, and we're I mean we're sitting here talking about 50 years ago. Your football program was devastated, and we're top 15 right now.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. remarkable.
2: Yeah, it, it really. And then like. Up.
1: Mike, you flash forward into like the 2000, I think it was what, 2006, of course, Warner Brothers, Matthew McConaughey, We Are Marshall. Like, what was that like? Were you, so actually one fun story, one of my neighbors, like fixed old cards and he, um, I think he was contacted and a lot of his cards are featured in that movie. It's kind of a cool little oh, neighborhood neat. feature of that. Um, but that was such a, I mean, a wonderful film. I saw Matthew McConaughey tweeting about it actually this week as well how did yeah. that do you have any idea how that came about and i'm I'm sure that was just so important for the community to see that honored in such a you know you know national spotlight way
2: well it was so important and that that came out in 206 i was actually living in las vegas i was the ad at unlv uh, and then i came back to marshall in 209 but i can remember when it premiered in las vegas my wife and i who's a marshall graduate uh uh, we we went to see the premiere when it opened up in Las Vegas uh, the, at the movie theaters, and my typical wife were always late for everything. She can't get ready on time, so <laughs> you know we like most women. But anyway, uh, we got to the movie. Theater. <laughs> I remember it was the Green Valley in in Henderson, Nevada, where we lived, and and we walked in the theater, and it was dark, and they were showing the pre, you know how they show the previews of the next movie, and. We sat down and and it looked like there were a lot of people in there. We watched the movie and obviously we both were very emotional. She cried. I had tears in my eyes and you could hear all these people around us doing the same thing. And when the movie was over, it was, it was dead silence. And the lights came on and there was probably 150 to 200 people in this movie theater in Henderson, Nevada. And they all had on Marshall stuff. So, <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was really, the most, it was really <laughs> so neat. So here I am in Las Vegas, in Nevada, and we looked around, and it was all Marshall alums, people who had a connection to Marshall, came the first night to see the movie, and we stood around, uh, Selena and I stood around for an hour, hour and a half, and spoke with people that we actually went to school with that lived in. in (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So so my point with that story is that the movie brought so many people, Marshall people together and it just took off and it told a story and it was Hollywood a little bit, but most people that were around and, and I was around after that, it was pretty it was pretty accurate the way things went. And I talked to Red Dawson, he's a dear friend of mine, and he's a dear friend of Coach Holliday said, he he, he he pretty much agrees with the way, what happened in the movie. So the movie was significant mm-hmm. to, to Marshall and to our football program. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, now Red Dawson, we'll talk a little bit about Red Dawson here in just a few minutes, but he was the interim coach, he was not on the plane, he drove back separately. And so he just listened to it on the radio, and that's how he knew that the crash had happened. And I do have a question about Red Dawson, but like I said, um, we'll get to it in just a minute. But going back to the the movie kind of stuff, um, I know after that, Matthew McConaughey had said um, in an interview, too, that it was not just that the movie was good, that it was based on a true story. But he could even tell it really helped heal the hearts of people in Huntington nearly forty years later. it was still something so i mean so painful for a lot of people that that movie helped get people over the hump and, and start looking yep. from the outside and, and, and healing people. so even that is incredible in itself
2: well, it, 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 it was, and it did happen that way because our our story, which I call it the greatest comeback in the history of sports, martial football our story got told and yeah. it got told and unfortunately or fortunately it got told by Hollywood and, and people know our story and I think it helped the university. And I do believe the story that, that a lot of people knew about the crash. They know about Marshall football, but they didn't know all the little particulars about our story. And the movie brought out some of those particulars and showed Showed everyone the pain, uh, the tragedy, the sorrow, and then how that turned from you know the 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 saying that we hear all the time from from ashes, you know, on the side of there were ashes on the side of a mountain in Wayne County of an airplane crash that killed seventy five people to glory a football program now that's nationally recognized as one of the best in the country and has been for years and a university that's went from a, you know, I can say this as a alum, a sleepy little university, a little local university now, to a national university. And, uh, um, you know, I was I was uh, saddened and surreal when I watched the movie, but then when I, I left, it it really made me feel good, and I think that's what it did for the Marshall family.
0: Yeah, and, and on Saturday, I know that there was some – Debate that maybe college game day shouldn't have been at a golf tournament that they didn't even have on their on their channel on Saturday. Maybe they should have been in Huntington, but here nor there. But I got to say, Marshall, the story is definitely known around the country too. Marshall got a lot of love from the networks from the College Football Hall of Fame. They lit up the outside. I mean, Maybe it's the movie. I'm not sure. Maybe it's the way that, you know, some of the way that the internet works now, but in Marshall definitely being good, but people everywhere still recognize that this is something that that was so tragic. Um, But Marshall's story is something that everybody knows and and
2: still, you know,
0: celebrates the anniversary in a way.
2: Well, they do. uh, They do. And uh, I I think one of the reasons why it's celebrated and people do that, especially you know, I've got a hundred Texas from athletic directors, coaches around the yeah. country. Yeah. They they sit back and reflect and say, Wow, what if this would have happened to us? Yeah. I mean, we all get on planes every weekend and we fly all over the country, hundreds of football teams to play and they go, Wow, you know, could you imagine if this happened at our place? And then they 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 are thankful it hasn't. And then they know what happened at Marshall because of the movie and the publicity. And, and uh, they just want to send their, their, their condolences. They want to send their, uh, you know, we're thinking about you Uh WVU, uh, you know, WVU and Marshall people like to give each other a hard time. You know, I, I tell my dad, the only reason he went to WVU is to learn to send all four of these kids to Marshall. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, we, we learned that there and you know, we have a hard time, but you know, one Saturday, uh, WVU put a very nice uh, thing on their scoreboard and I got a very nice call from Shane Lines. and you know what Bobby Bowden did and that's true what Bobby Bowden did 50 years ago when yeah. he put the marshal and that is true Red Dawson uh, and Bobby Va- Bowden are very close and and unfortunately Bobby Bowden was coming this last spring to speak at the 50th anniversary big yeah. spring, and he obviously we had to cancel it because of COVID but you know, it's it's that was a great gesture on their part, and, and and Shane Lines and I are very good friends, and and you know he he sent me a very nice text, and and but it's nationwide, and it's it's at the end of the day, it's like the East Carolina guys came. I mean, yeah, we want to beat each other's brains out on the field, but but college. Athletic directors and coaches and players have so much respect for their opponents because we know what we all go through. That we yeah we want to beat each other's brains out. We want to win. We want to knock you down. But when it's over, there's a great amount of respect, and and that's what the four players from East Carolina wanted to come up here and say, hey, we respect Marshall's program. You know, it hurt us just as much as it hurt your family when we found out what happened uh, that night, November fourteenth, nineteen seventy. So. You know what, guys, it's something will live forever here. And
1: it, mm-hmm. should. it should. No, it's it's a, it's a remarkable story. I mean, it, it really is. Um, I mean, and, and Mike, not to not to shift gears on us, but I'm going to be conscious of your time. So you spend some time out in Las Vegas. And, I, you know, I've read some quotes, like, when you were asked about, like, sports gambling and even just, like, what you – I was, like, eye-opening for me what an AD does. Like, I didn't think of it. Like, you have to kind of protect the players and, you know, student-athletes in a sense of – maybe, you know, outside forces kind of coming at them with different, um, you know, offers and propositions. And that's a whole different conversation than, than, you know, the paying the student athletes type of thing. What's that like? I mean, like for the, cause our audience is mostly young folks. I would say, you know, interested in sports as an AD, like how has that job changed and your job changed in the last five years, kind of managing social media and all the, everything that's thrown at a young player nowadays.
2: Well, I had to deal with sports gambling when I was the AD at UNLV because that was the only state where you could legally gamble on <laughs> yeah. college campuses. Yeah,
0: yeah. And,
2: and it was not easy. It was eye-awakening because, you know, on one incident, one player, one situation could could destroy your reputation and your whole program. Now now we have a casino here 28 miles from us <laughs> where, you know, where players can go and bet on games. And we just try to educate them and, and, and stay on top of them and try to tell them how they get caught up in gambling. First of all, you can get addicted to gambling. And second of right. all, you can get caught up in it with the wrong people. And these people aren't very nice people. And uh, right. you just got to stay away from it. And we try to educate our players and, and and tell our players that. And, you know, I had the opportunity to go on 60 Minutes and talk about sports gambling when it first came out and when it first came legal here in West Virginia in a lot of places and uh, it's it's education it's just hey to your players you want to ruin your life you want to ruin your career get caught up in that and and that's what's going to happen to you and I hate to use the word scare or frighten but you got to kind of scare them and frighten them a little bit that bad things can come out of gambling on events that you're playing in now if they're not and they want to go bet on a Marshall football game that's that's their right, and I'm, I'm not against that at all. I mean, the, the West Virginia Lottery is a great supporter of, of, of our program, and we work with them on all this, and, and it's been great for our state. And it's your money if you want to do it, but you just got to keep your players away from it while they're playing, and you got to keep degenerate people away from them, you know, who, who want to take advantage of them to make money for them. Right. But we, stay, we, we stay all over them about that
1: yeah and that's i mean i like what you said too it's more so about like not just constantly kind of painting it as like the big bad wolf but like no like let's take a proactive approach and educate our players on it so it's not like we're ignoring it so they're informed of it and they know what's going on yeah yeah hey guys don't forget a special playing of fly again by cypress is at the end of the episode make sure to stick around and as always we'd love for you guys to rate review and subscribe now let's get right back to the episode
2: but it's something we got to deal with. It's here, it's going to be here for a long time and one 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 mess up, you know, one kid shaving a point, one player doing something <laughs> that could, could change yeah. the outcome of a game to where someone wins money. That's not a that's not a fun time for a college athletic director, I can tell you that, or a university. Mike,
0: right? now, what is your what is the biggest hurdle
2: for college athletic directors?
0: Going forward, we've talked about some of the problems: gambling, social media can be an issue. But, but what what is how how different is being an AD in, in 2020 compared to what it used to be? And what are some of the biggest challenges going forward for college athletics?
2: Well, 2020 is just unique, uh CJ. It's there. We've never had anything like it with COVID, and where you have limited attendance, and you mm-hmm. have to. COVID test your players every other day. And you don't know – I don't know if we're going to play this Saturday. It depends on how our COVID testing goes. Look at all the games that get canceled every week. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the major issues coming out of 2020 are going to be how do you survive financially? Yeah. I mean, when you look at – look at uh, you know, Doc Holliday and I were joking this morning, we're leading the nation in attendance. At twelve thousand five hundred, because look well, how many fans we've been able to have, and we've sold all our tickets. And you know, you look at the Big Ten games and the Pac twelve games. There's nobody in their stands. WVU's first two games. There's no, you know, so it's financial. And you look, you keep seeing how these athletic programs are in financial uh, bad shape, and, and you know, we're dealing with that every day, and we 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 got to save every penny, and if you can't, don't have to spend it, you don't spend it, but. it's really going to be interesting to see how college athletics come out of this pandemic from a financial standpoint and what changes are going to be made to compensate for uh, the financial uh, impact or lack of finances that you were going to have because of COVID. So it's all new territory. I wish I could tell you how the story's going to end, but I don't know because this is a new story. It's never yeah. been told before. I never got training as, as a, a young age <laughs> here in college. I never was trained on how to deal with a pandemic. Okay.
0: <laughs> We're all learning on the fly.
2: Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes,
1: no, yeah. We are. <laughs> that wasn't, that wasn't chapter 20 on your training manual. How to, no, uh, no.
0: <laughs> um, no, sir,
2: was, no sir. It was not.
0: Mike, let me ask you one more question about, the 75 and and some of the crazy coincidences because this was something that I had learned that that you had said um, that I didn't know previously, but Red Dawson was coming back from East Carolina in the car. He was driving. He visited – the story is well known. He visited a recruit. That's why he was driving back. But the recruit, people probably don't know, you know very well. He grew he up in my, Clinton in West Virginia
2: he was well he was actually from Big Chimney you know, he was a
0: big chimney guy <laughs> he yeah. was a
2: big, he was in the big city of Big Chimney and he was my he was my hero Billy he, Joe Mantooth Billy Joe Mantooth who played for my dad at Herbert Hoover High School and Billy Joe Mantooth was not recruited and my dad thought Billy Joe Mantooth could be a great player so my dad sent Billy Joe Mantooth to Ferrum junior college and called red Dawson and said red I got this kid my dad knew red well he said red I got this kid that played at Herbert Hoover he's being overlooked he's going to be a great player and Billy Joe went to Farham junior college and was an all-american and red was recruiting him and he was going to come to Marshall Billy Joe was because Marshall was the first school to recruit him and that's where my dad wanted him to go and uh Red got off the plane, did not get on the plane to drive to Farham Junior College to recruit Billy Joe Mantooth. Obviously, with the plane crash, Billy Joe did not go to Marshall. He went to WVU, and if you look up, he was an All American and played pros a few years. But you know, that was my dad's. uh, That was that was my dad was like a second father to Billy Joe because Billy Joe, I think, lived with his aunt and uncle when he wasn't. He didn't have a really good family situation, and and uh, when I was a kid, my dad was a high school football coach. Like I said at Herbert Hoover, I was at every practice, every game, and you know I started started wanting to be Billy Joe Mantooth, and and I uh, wanted to be a college football player. And Billy Joe was so good to me, and we would work out together when I was growing up, and and uh, but that's Red Dawson's story, and that's the connection to my father and to me. Billy Joe was a Herbert Hoover husband.
0: Uh-huh. And and it's funny because not funny not at all because I know when after that happened, Red went through a lot of survivor's guilt. He has a book out, and it it was a very it was problematic for him. He couldn't even go to the ceremonies. He he didn't want to talk about any of the remembrances. But here, fifty years later, Red is very open about it now. I mean, and he has become another figurehead of of Marshall University, especially the, the football program and the athletics department. And I I just love to see that that is how things ended up 50 years later. I'm glad to see that Red is still a major part of the community and the department, and, you know, he was part of the spearheaded effort, you know, to, to the, the 1970, the Young Thundering
2: Herd, to, to push oh. this program forward. Well, he is, and you guys mentioned it early, I think Red came out of his, his I don't want to say come out of his shell, because I, I don't know if that's, but he he came out after the movie. The movie really helped Red Dawson, where Red couldn't even come to a game. He couldn't even come on campus. He he would come to the ceremony, he would stand behind a tree 200 yards away, and, uh, but now Red comes, and he's a part of our program, and uh, he's a great person, and and, uh, he was there with us, front row, uh, Saturday morning at the fountain ceremony, and that's where he should be. Yeah,
0: now you can't get him to leave.
2: No, you can't get into it. That's
0: <laughs> it, <after laughs> it, it, it is. Red's a great guy, man. Well
1: Well, Mike, I got one less one last thing. I know you gotta, you gotta run here, but uh, so Mike, I'll give my cousin a quick shot. She was a all American um, javelin track and field at West Liberty, but then she transferred to Marshall and threw javelin at Marshall, um, her name's Alexis Mons, not sure if you ever crossed paths with her um, or not, but just knowing our big you know our base is young people that like sports and knowing west virginia culture like sports is such a a thing for us to latch on to and you know kind of anchor ourselves in in your opinion what are ways that young people can if they want to be an ad one day of a big program or if a lot of people like sports and they can they work in sports like what would be your maybe your two cents on how to break into that that whole as an industry
2: well, my first advice was don't be an AD. You know, go do something else <laughs> where, where it doesn't drive you crazy. But, but you know what, though? It's, it's, it's rewarding to work with young people, and that's why I do it. Uh, and uh, I've always wanted to be either a coach or an AD. And if someone wants to do that, you know, first of all, not everybody can be a student athlete, and you don't have to be a student athlete to get into this business. But go, go, go be a part of an athletic program. Volunteer show up go to work convince someone that you're valuable to them and and no 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 matter what the field is if you can convince someone you have value you've got a great future and that's what young people do they don't sometimes young people don't understand they have to 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 really work hard and put those extra hours in and do do whatever someone asks you to do and and not complain and because because you're not going to get to the top immediately and in this society today right. as with young people there's what's called instant gratification well it doesn't work that way in college athletics you got to work your way up you got to get educated and be around good people and anybody can it can work their way up so that would be my advice to people so you know working with mm-hmm. working with young kids and and i call these college athletes young kids they're young to me and uh uh it's very enjoyable 90 of the time, 10% of the time, it's usually not enjoyable for me or them. And, uh, but we, most of the times we work through that. So that would be my advice.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. That's great advice.
0: That's great advice. Well, Mike, thank you, buddy. I know that, uh, you're a busy, busy guy. Hopefully today's one of the 90% days where things are good for you. So, uh, (laughs) we, uh, Marshall's lucky to have you and, uh, thanks for taking some time with us.
2: All right, guys. Thank you so much. Go herd.
0: Again, a special thanks to Mike for taking some time to tell the incredible Marshall story. Now let's get to the song. You can find Cypress on Facebook at Cypress Band. You can also find them on Instagram, Cypress underscore WV. They're a Huntington based band. They wrote this song for the 75. It's a great song. Let's get to it. Here's Fly Again by Cypress.
1: Gone and sad's the song. There is light Down, but it's us who's falling now. We will mend these broken wings, we will fly again in the wreckage,
0: in the flame where pain is strong, and nights are. Falling now these broken wings, we will fly again.